SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to our number two of the morning after on the first day of the month of February, right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. We begin our number two with the breaking news just within the last half an hour from the National Football League. Tom Brady, after 22 seasons in the NFL, has officially announced his retirement. From football in a lengthy Instagram post just a couple of minutes ago Tom Brady himself officially announcing his retirement saying that he has now made the decision to walk away from football so this was the report on Saturday that Tom Brady had retired there was some speculation on whether that was ultimately true Tom Brady announcing today officially at the conclusion of 22 years in the NFL After seven Super Bowls with two different teams, six with New England, one with Tampa Bay, five Super Bowl MVPs, three NFL MVPs, 15 Pro Bowl nominations and appearances or at least 15-time Pro Bowler, Tom Brady walking away from the NFL on his terms at the age of 44 years old. That's the point, right? That Tom Brady this year in 2021 wasn't a lesser version of himself. No, he led the NFL in passing yards, averaging more than 317 passing yards per game. He had 43 touchdown passes to only 12 interceptions. His team, the Buccaneers, a 13-4 and record, tied for the best straight-up mark in all of the NFL. It was the first NFC South divisional title for the Buccaneers this year since 2007. Tom Brady led the league in passing attempts, passing completions he had 719 attempts this year that's more than 42 per game showing that Tom Brady even at the tender age of 44 years old could still sling it and still was relied on to do that Tampa Bay had the highest passing play percentage in the NFL at nearly 66 percent of their plays was a pass that is what Tom Brady was doing in his 22nd year in the NFL. So that goes to show what Tom Brady still had in the tank and what he decided to leave out there on the field. Tom Brady saying in an Instagram post, this being the paragraph that really sealed the deal. Quote, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career And now it is time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. You can see the Instagram post there from Tom Brady himself. He shared it out on Twitter as well. You can expect some grand social media video from Tom Brady and his wonderful production team at a later point. References the Buccaneers in this Instagram post does not make mention of the New England Patriots, but we shall see what that looks like moving forward. He has made his peace with the Pats after spending his first 20 years in the NFL in Foxborough and now the final two years of his career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And what speaks to the greatness of the GOAT, not just the seven Super Bowls, but the huge ramification that any small move, and this one a pretty big move, that Tom Brady makes has ripple effects throughout the entire league. 
And so the picture in the NFC South, in the NFC for the 2022 NFL season, certainly looks a lot different now. Tom Brady retiring from the National Football League after 22 years. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after all across the grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens reacting to the breaking news of this morning in the NFL. Less than two weeks away from the Super Bowl, two days following Conference Championship Sunday, Tom Brady has made it official. After 22 NFL seasons, he is retiring from football. And again, retiring at the top of his craft, leading the league in passing yards, in passing attempts, in passing completions, averaging over 317 yards per game, over 42 passing attempts per game, 43 touchdowns to only 12 interceptions this past year in 2022. That was the greatness of Tom Brady. There is more news coming out of the NFL as you see some of those stats from Tom Brady in this 2022 season. Of course, now Tampa will have to figure out who its quarterback of the future is. There might be some movement within that coaching staff for the Buccaneers as the coaching carousel continues to spin across the National Football League. Tom Brady himself, a Michigan man, played his college football as a quarterback at Michigan. That's also what Jim Harbaugh did. And Jim Harbaugh currently the head coach of the Michigan football program. In the first time ever in the 2021 season, after knocking off Ohio State and Jim Harbaugh's tenure in Ann Arbor and reaching the Big Ten title game and making the college football playoff, Jim Harbaugh has expressed his interest in returning to the NFL. Today, the Minnesota Vikings flying to Michigan to get Jim Harbaugh for a second interview. He expressed in an interview over the weekend his interest in this role with the Minnesota Vikings. All very interesting timing as well as the coaching carousel in the National Football League continues to spin. And tomorrow is the conclusion of the National Signing Day period that begins in early February, the first Wednesday of February as well. The Vikings, an interesting team this past year, had a shot at the playoffs but ultimately finished one game below 500, eight and nine straight up, nine and eight against the spread. 14 of the first 15 games for Minnesota this year decided by single digits. Jim Harbaugh has expressed his interest and the Vikings had returned the favor. All of this a part of a huge Tuesday in sports. Stay with us on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. A huge Tuesday in sports that got even bigger this morning. And we break it all down right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network, I am Ben Stevens. Of course, we will continue to react to the breaking news out of the NFL this morning. After 22 NFL seasons, Tom Brady has officially retired from football we have given you plenty reactions so far but over the next oh hour and a half or so of the morning after on this tuesday the first day in the month of february there will be more reaction here on the grid as it pertains to tom brady officially retiring from the nfl a seven-time super bowl champion a five-time super bowl mvp a three-time nfl mvp on his own terms walking away from the sport 
of football. But it's also a big Tuesday in college sports. Yes, Tom Brady now, like the rest of us, as football winds to a close, has a lot more time to dive in to college hoops and the handicapping that comes with it. So, Tom, if you're out there watching the morning after, now in your retirement phase on this Tuesday morning, allow us to help you know the trends you need for college basketball. We do all of that right now in the zone. I don't actually believe that Tom Brady on this big moment in his life and in his career is at watching the morning after on a Tuesday, but regardless, we help you out here to make you a better and more informed sport better. So let's get in the zone and let's go through the college basketball landscape. Only 28 games tonight, but some of the best marquee matchups you will see, and we will break down those lines in just a moment. But we start with the latest AP poll released yesterday afternoon. The same two teams at the top of the AP Top 25 remain after the first week ever in history. Last week being ranked number one in men's basketball, Auburn remains as the number one team in the country. Gonzaga at number two. UCLA shoots up to number three. Purdue back in the top five, now ranked fourth in Kentucky after a statement victory on the road in Lawrence over Kansas on Saturday's Big 12 SEC Challenge. Kentucky all the way up from number 12. Now to number five. We first focus on Auburn. They have won 17 straight games. They are 20-1 and one straight up. That's the best record in all of college basketball. Bruce Pearl's team also 16-5 and five against the number. That is the best ATS mark of any high major basketball program in all of CBB. There are 358 Division I college basketball teams. Auburn has the fourth best ATS record overall. The best of any program playing within a high major conference. I do want to draw your attention to one more team in that top 10. That would be the Houston Cougars, now at number six in the country. Houston, 18-2 and two straight up this year. They have won 10 straight games. They have been favored in all but one game this year. They are also 13-7 and seven against the spread, covering in six of the 10 games on this win streak right now. And their two losses this year to two very good teams, Wisconsin and Alabama, by a combined three points. So keep an eye on the Houston Cougars moving forward. Also, Providence now number 15 in college basketball. We'll talk about that game that Providence has later on. On the road against St. John's tonight, one of the smelliest, stinkiest, fishiest lines we'll ever see. Maybe in all of sports, but certainly in college basketball. Let's go big picture first before we dive into some of what looked like last night national championship odds not much movement gonzaga is still the favorite with the same price at plus 650 from last week duke still the second best odds at 10 to 1 purdue still 11 to 1 now tied for the third best mark with kentucky at 11 to 1 auburn was 13 to 1 tied with kentucky last week auburn still 13 to 1 baylor falls back to plus 1300 as well they were tied for the second best price with duke last week at 10 to 1 speaking of Duke. Duke in action last night. Number nine, Duke on the road in South Bend, and they handle Notre Dame in a porous offensive game, really, for both teams, but especially for the Fighting Irish. Duke wins 57-43, a total of 145 when you only score a combined 100 points. Certainly stays under. Four straight unders for the Blue Devils. 
seven of the last nine under for Duke as well. Easily covering as a five and a half point road favorite. Duke has now won four straight games. They have covered in three of those four wins. Duke on the road this weekend, Saturday in Chapel Hill. Coach K's final trip down Tobacco Road to UNC and Chapel Hill. Paolo Bancaro last night, the outstanding freshman for Duke. 21 points, nine boards, but just 10 of 22 from the field. Got off to a very slow offensive start. Duke itself only shot 15.8% from three, but Notre Dame was even more atrocious. 27.9% from the field, 16.7% from three. It snaps a four-game winning streak for Notre Dame and a three-game cover streak entering last night. Notre Dame was also 3-0 ATS as an underdog in ACC play entering yesterday against Duke, but not covering a five-and-a-half-point spread. So let's go big picture here in the Big 12 before we dive into one of the best games you will see all college basketball week long tonight in Lubbock, Texas. Wasn't a great weekend for the teams at the top of the Big 12. Kansas dominated at home by Kentucky. Baylor on the road upset by Alabama, but Kansas still the favorite to win the Big 12 title at plus 140. Baylor the second best odds at plus 170. Baylor did bounce back last night against West Virginia at home in Waco. Only two scholarship guards available last night for Scott Drew. Baylor wins that game 81-77. Do not cover as a double-digit favorite. Baylor was down by eight at the half, down by as many as nine with 10 minutes remaining, but come back to win that game. Kansas tonight, number 10 Kansas now, on the road against number 20 Iowa State. KU has only covered once in its last seven games. But you look at those Big 12 odds once again, and you saw the teams with the third best and fourth best odds. Texas Tech, the third best price at plus 500. Texas, a dollar and a half behind them at plus 650 and boy do we have a treat for you tonight in Lubbock Texas Chris Beard makes his return to Lubbock against his former program in Texas Tech Chris Beard now the head coach for the number 23 Texas Longhorns an underdog tonight against the Red Raiders in Lubbock number 14 Texas Tech a five point favorite at home tonight the over under total is small at 123. So, Chris Beard against his former team. If you have not been on social media in the last 24 hours and you did not see the reception that Texas received last night as their team bus arrived in Lubbock, I recommend you go look before you make any bet on this game. The Texas Tech fans ruthless in welcoming Chris Beard and Texas. I think it's fair to say the Red Raider faithful don't really care for Chris Beard or the Longhorns in general. Texas Tech students have been camping out in Lubbock getting ready for this game. Now, here's the thing about the game, though. Texas Tech a five-point favorite in this top 25 matchup. I actually think all the excitement for tonight might hurt Texas Tech. I just think the Red Raiders are a better basketball team. Texas Tech whooped Mississippi State on Saturday, 76-50, to 50, covering easily as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Texas Tech has won three of their last four games, and they have covered in four straight as well. Also over in three of their last four, which is interesting when you see an over-under of only 123. Texas won three straight games, but only covering twice 
in their last seven. They have also been a favorite in all but two games this year, and Texas has yet to cover as an underdog against good teams in Gonzaga and Seton Hall in non-conference play, but a big test tonight on the road in a raucous environment in Lubbock between Texas Tech and Texas. Quickly here, the Iron Bowl of basketball, the number one team in the country, Auburn, a seven-point home favorite tonight against Alabama, an over-under of 155-and-a-half. Auburn winning the first meeting between these two as a three-point underdog a couple of weeks back on the road in Tuscaloosa. Again, Auburn has won 17 straight basketball games. They are 16-5 and five against the number they have covered in nine of their last 10 games. Alabama pulled off the upset against Baylor over the weekend, but just their second cover in their last 13 games, but both covers outright wins as an underdog. What a Tuesday in college basketball, a huge Tuesday on the sports landscape. Stay right here with us on the morning after on Sports Grid. We'll be back after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on this Tuesday right here on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. We were going to get to this earlier in the show, and then Tom Brady officially announced his retirement from the National Football League after 22 years. So now time to take a trip around the association, looking back on some games from the Monday night slate, looking forward to tonight and how everything looks in the NBA landscape as of right now. Over 50 games gone for most teams so far in this regular season. Last night, the Atlanta Hawks riding very, very high, heading into a home game against the Toronto Raptors. The Hawks had won seven straight. That streak snapped last night at home against the Raptors. No Trey Young last night for Atlanta, and it showed. They closed as a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. They lose the game outright to the Raptors, 106 100. The Hawks not only had won seven straight entering last night, but had also covered in seven straight as well. So that was one of the games on a Monday night in the NBA that affected an Eastern Conference team. A couple of other big ones from last night that paint the picture moving forward. And helping us go around the association right now from NBA TV, it is Chris Miles joining the show once again. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time on this Tuesday to join the morning after once again. Yeah, it was a, a great night of basketball. We saw some MVP performances for some of the uh, MVP candidates and my guy, John Morant. So it was a great night around the league. And Chris, let's start right there. The game last night in Philadelphia was supposed to feature two MVP front runners and John Morant for the Memphis Grizzlies and Joel Embiid on the other side for the Philadelphia 76ers. But JoJo got the night off, scheduled rest, nothing really to worry about for the Sixers. But even without Joel Embiid, the Sixers win that basketball game last night in Philly in overtime by a final score of 122-119. A big game last night for two teams, Chris, right now playing really good basketball. What do you make of where both sides stand at this moment? 
Well, for the Philadelphia 76ers, that's a huge win when you don't have your MVP on the floor in Joel Embiid, especially when everyone's trying to figure out, okay, so if they don't make this Ben Simmons trade and you have that salary that you're just eating at a loss this season, most teams can't compete with that. Um, you know, you think, all right, well, you're not a championship contending team, but you see the development of Tyrese Maxey, who had, what, 33 mm. and 8 last night, Tobias Harris putting up 31, 5 and 5. And then when it's been kind of an overlooked part of the Philadelphia 76ers and what Daryl Morey did this offseason and bringing in Andre Drummond, I never understood why it didn't work with the Lakers because he's exactly what they needed. But man, 23 rebounds, 16 points. If you go look throughout the season and you place your prop bets, oh, Joel Embiid sitting out overs on Andre Drummond. He's hitting them every single time. And that's been like kind of a, a little bit of a, uh, a nuance to the season that you can do as a prop bet. So when I look at Philly, huge win without Joel Embiid. Uh, John Morant made the plays down the stretch to, to send it to overtime, uh, the game tying bucket. But I just think the 76ers are better than people realize uh, because of the development of like Tyrese Maxey and bringing in Andre Drummond. I mean, Andre Drummond, when I was looking through the box score last night, Chris, and I'm like, 20, 23 rebounds, Joel Embiid didn't play, but that is what Andre Drummond can present. So a huge win for Philadelphia, who have now won five straight in 15 of their last 18. The loss last night snapped a three-game win streak for the Memphis Grizzlies on the other side. And we talk about it, Chris, from an MVP perspective because right now on FanDuel, despite not playing yesterday, Joel Embiid still the favorite to win the NBA MVP award at plus 230. John Morant, the fifth best odds at 10 to 1 on this board. Do you agree that Joel Embiid should be the front runner to win the NBA MVP right now? No. And looking at this screen, I, I think that's insane. Just like I said, when Steph Curry was your odds-on uh, favorite when he was struggling in the month of December and we're moving into January, and I was like, I don't think he should still be the favorite. Uh, but, man, Joel Embiid just misses too many games. I, I think we're going to come down to it and we're going to look. I think he's at 12 games now missed. Um, I could be mistaken on the exact number. But that's kind of the thing. Most guys, it's like, oh, you see them miss a stretch because they're injured maybe during an MVP uh, season, but Joel Embiid has yet to play more than 66 games in a single year. And I don't know if this is the year that he gets to that number because I think he's at about, he's on pace for about 70 or 60. I cannot give an MVP to someone in, in that realm. Um, I think Nikola Jokic, just from the yep. numbers, is your MVP. But I, I get where people say, oh, look where they are in the standings. Well, look where the 76ers are and look where they were in the standings because of time missed by Joel Embiid. I think when we get down to the MVP discussion, uh, seeing Giannis climb up, Ja Morant climb up. Remember, Ja was 50-1 to 1 odds, um, I want to yeah. say, at the start of December. So if you got in then, you're starting to feel really good about that one. And if Memphis can creep into the you know second spot out west if the Warriors struggle anymore, I still look at looking at the board right now, I like John Morant just because of the the, the odds, uh, point blank period. That's yeah. where I would go with it. Yeah, Chris, I completely agree. The value is still slightly on John Morant, but it was a much bigger price just a couple of weeks ago. There has been some tremendous movement in this marketplace. Joel Embiid wasn't even the favorite until over the weekend. That was Giannis and Steph going back and forth even just last week. So a lot of movement in this marketplace. But you mentioned Philadelphia 
playing better, rising up the Eastern Conference standings. They have won five straight, as we mentioned. Now the fourth best odds once again to win the Eastern Conference title at plus 900. But Chris, that really the only movement we have seen in the Eastern Conference title odds over the last couple of weeks. Do you still think it runs through Brooklyn as the odds indicate right now? No, I just don't understand how Brooklyn has been the favorite for two years. I get how great Kevin Durant is as a basketball player, but these three guys, uh, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant can't get on the floor together. And we all understand that if all three guys are on the floor for two and a half months at the end of the season, that they would win the championship. Everyone understands that. No one would dispute that. But Kyrie is not playing at home games. I don't think that's going to change before the playoffs. James Harden looks like, hmm, not the same player, out of shape. You know, when, when he does uh, put up big numbers, he has to sit the next night. That wasn't the case, you know, two or three years ago. And Kevin Durant, we see it with another injury where maybe he is getting older after, you know, coming off that Achilles that like, hey, he can't really push uh, two, three, four months in a row. You can only get him in spurts. So, again, I look at the Nets and I go, if you're putting your money on them, I just think it's a it's a bad situation and you, you should go with anyone else just because the odds are better. When I say anyone else, obviously, uh, teams in that top three to four. Because, like, like you said, look at Philadelphia right now and a team that we're overlooking. I don't know what the odds are for Boston, right? But seeing what they've done in their last 13 or 14 games, seeing how Tatum and Brown are playing, I'm like, I got to see what they do at the trade deadline and see if they can make things interesting as well because they have their top two guys, but, you know, winners of nine of their last 13. I just wonder if they are a team that maybe you put as a long shot uh, to try to get in there. The Celtics 36-1 to right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the seventh best odds in the Eastern Conference. Some value there that has certainly made our producer, John Shane and Chris, very happy on this Tuesday morning. Those Brooklyn Nets <laughs> that we were discussing on the road tonight as a five-and-a-half-point underdog against the hottest team in the NBA. The best team in the NBA pretty much all year long with a 40 in nine straight up record, the Phoenix Suns in the Valley of the Sun tonight. A marquee matchup for sure, Chris. How do you break down this game between the Nets and the Suns? Well, I'll start with this to a point that I was making about the Eastern Conference. First place and sixth place separated by just two, two and a half games, right? On any given night. It changes every night, but mm -hmm. just two and a half games. So you, you don't know who's first and who's sixth. Like that can flip flop. Um, out West, we know who's the best. And that's the Phoenix Suns, right? 40 wins in the first 49 games, best start in franchise history. Two guys on their team who you, if you take a second to think about it, should both be MVP candidates. But being that they have to share the wealth, they're kind of further down your list. And I still don't understand the, the reason why the Suns are not the favorites to win the, the Western Conference. They are your reigning champs. They're out to a better start. Every player knows their identity and role. When they miss guys, like they played games without DeAndre Ayton and uh, JaVale McGee, and then like Bismack Biombo's giving you a double-double, you know, they, they just keep rolling along. I, I feel like they have to be the, uh, the odds-on favorites to come out of the West just because of how they played all season. I mean, like you said, we're almost two-thirds of the way through the year, and they've been the exact yeah. same team since the first week. 
and favored in 44 of their 49 games, 24 and 20 against the spread. A good indication if a team is expected to win the game and they're covering how good they might just be. So, Chris, I think it's fair to say both conferences right now, the favorite on the betting board, maybe not the favorite as what we're seeing on the basketball court. How do you think the rest of this NBA season plays out? Only about a minute left here unpredictable <laughs> i really i really can't say i think oh this team is going to win a championship or this team is coming out of east or the west right and once the trade deadline happens uh, on february 16th i think i'll have a more clear-cut indication because i want to see mm-hmm. philly pull the trigger and get ben simmons out of there now all reports say that they're not going to make it happen but man if they do and they can get more shooting or more perimeter defense. I really like Philadelphia. But right now, I go Bucks and Suns if I had to pull the trigger today and figure out which, which two teams, the two teams that were in the finals last year, because they they're both look like uh, they could get back there. And both the second-best odds in their respective conferences, so thus some value on both Phoenix and Milwaukee. Chris Miles from NBA TV, some wonderful NBA analysis on this Tuesday. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Yep, I'm trying to be like the Suns. 10-game win streak after 18-game win streak earlier in the season. (laughs) That's what we appreciate. More coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bowl countdown is on, but the NFL never truly stops. We look at all of that and discuss it right here, right now on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased right now to welcome on a wonderful guest to this program. It is ESPN.com's David Bierman joining us now to look forward to the Super Bowl, look back on Conference Championship Sunday, and give us a quick reaction to the breaking news about Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement from the NFL this morning. So, David, welcome to the show. Let's start there. It was made official, what we saw the reporting of on Saturday. After 22 NFL seasons, Tom Brady has officially retired from football. When you saw that officially released this morning, what was your initial takeaway? My initial take was Groundhog's Day is today and not tomorrow officially because we had this news on Saturday. We went through this whole thing, uh, Brady's retiring, and then, of course, you know, people were telling us it wasn't official. And, you know, Adam was right. He reported the news, and Brady, like you said, made it official this morning announcing. And listen, you know, I'm a Dolphins fan, so it, it, it's within my blood and ingrained in me to not like Brady, to hate on Brady, but you, you got to tip your cap and give credit where credit's due. The guy's the undoubtable, unequivocal GOAT, you know, seven – Seven championship titles, every notable record there is, done it on two different teams, done it with pretty much everything you have there. And there was an article that we published um, probably earlier this year about Brady's three different careers, the first couple of years, seven years, the next seven years, and the last seven years going into this year, that all three of those seven years since could be considered Hall of Fame careers. And if you just think about that for a minute, you have a guy who in all three parts of his career is considered a Hall of Famer. The first one, he won three titles. The second three, he won no titles, but he set every single record there was. And then the last three, winning titles in New England and then going to Tampa and winning. I mean, the guy's the best of all time in football, if not the best athlete we have ever seen. So it was a pleasure and an honor to watch him in person and on TV. Um, The way things go down with him leaving New England and going to Tampa and 
announcing his retirement. Leave that to all the media pundits. But the guy's the greatest of all time, and it was time for him to move on, and you got to respect that. And, you know, it's a different age of football now. So we'll see what happens. Ultimately, his decision to walk away when he wanted to because he was still at the top of his game. Led the league this year in 2021 in passing yards and passing attempts and pass completions. Mm -hmm. All that at the tender age of 44 years old. So Tom Brady retiring from football officially. And like David mentioned at the end there, it will have ramifications across the entire league and the entire sport, both in the AFC and NFC. But now we go back to the final game of this 2021 NFL campaign. That would be Super Bowl Sunday about 12 days from now in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Super Bowl 56 between the Rams and the Bengals. And David, before we look at this game itself, let's look back on Championship Sunday. The Bengals have been an underdog a bunch this year. In fact, they've been an underdog 10 times entering Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't want to be known as an underdog, but they have been great as an underdog. Did you think it was possible for the Bengals to pull off the outright upset inside Arrowhead on Sunday? No, I'll admit, I did not see this one coming. Um, I, I did take the points at seven and a half. So I thought that was too much for a team that embraces the underdog role as they have going six and one, uh, eight, uh, six and one ATS, seven and zero straight up when they're a dog of three points or more. But I did not see them winning it outright. You just, you, you especially with the way they won, they were down by 18 points to a team who has been on this stage four consecutive years that have advanced to two Super Bowls, almost a different one, three in a row, if they hadn't jumped off sides against New England. At 21-3, to this was over. I mean, this was over. There was no way that that Cincinnati was going to come back and win this. And so, hey, give all the credit to Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, and company for for never, never saying die and, you know, to borrow a line from the Goonies. But, like, they're always in it, and you can't get rid of them. And it's weird. You see some of the losses they've had this year, and you're like, they've lost to, you know, the Jets. And, and you're like, this team is actually playing in the Super Bowl and all. I'll throw a nugget out that I saw last night from our guy, Mackenzie Kramer, ESPN Stats and Info. There were five teams that had odds of 100 or more to win the Super Bowl this year. The other four have the first four picks in the draft in Jacksonville, yeah. the Jets, Denver, and Houston, and the other Cincinnati, and they're playing in the Super Bowl. So no one saw this coming. Even when they made the playoffs, nobody saw it coming. They had a good draw. You face Vegas in the first round, which nobody really thought was going to amount to much. Then you go to Tennessee, who people called the most overrated one seed of all time. But then you go into Arrowhead and get the job done, and that's you know that that that's a whole new ball game. They absolutely can win this Super Bowl. Um, that was the most surprising thing of of the playoffs so far is how well the Bengals have handled never being here before. You're talking about a second year quarterback and a rookie wide receiver an offensive line that isn't that good. And here they are going to the Super Bowl. 120 to one following the preseason at the end of August on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Tied for the third worst odds with the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And here the Bengals are with an opportunity to cash that ticket in Super Bowl 56. They will face the LA Rams who finally ended the losing skid against their NFC West foes, Kyle Shanahan in the San Francisco 49ers. Another thrilling game, David, that came down to the final couple minutes of that fourth quarter. How did the Rams finally get past San Francisco and advance to the second Super Bowl in the five years under Sean McVay? 
And we all know that this Rams team is as talented as anybody in the NFL with all the all-stars they brought in and all the trades they've made. And you give someone like Matt Stafford a, a support staff like he has all across the field and bringing back Cam Akers. And I'll be honest, Ben, I was not a believer in the Rams all season long. Just look what they did towards the end of the year, skating by Minnesota, skating by a Lamar Jackson-less Baltimore Ravens team, getting down to Seattle early and then losing the big lead to San Francisco late to allow them into the playoffs. So I didn't think much of the Rams' chances coming in, but what I watched on Monday night when they destroyed the Arizona Cardinals um, changed my mind. After that, I absolutely jumped on the Rams the following two weeks and took a future on them to win the Super Bowl because what they showed against Arizona was all those all-pro players and stars they have were coming together at the right time. And, hey, they were down to the 49ers the entire game and then came back and you know let Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G do their thing. Um, but, hey, this is as talented as a team as you're going to see in the NFL during this type of era with salary cap restrictions and, and draft picks and such. And they've put together a team that is right there for the taking, but they're going to battle an underdog team that is damn good. So this is going to be a great Super Bowl with two teams who have earned their way there. You don't always say that. Some teams, you know, bad call here, bad call there, didn't play well. These teams have done nothing but earn their way to the Super Bowl. You have the Rams winning in Tampa and then rallying against the 49ers and everything that the Bengals have done in the AFC. You're going to have a good Super Bowl with two teams who belong. 12 games overall this postseason so far in the NFL. The Rams, the only team to win but not cover a spread. That is what they did on Championship Sunday against the Niners. The Rams have been a favorite in all but three games this year. They will be a favorite in Super Bowl 56, David. The line right now on FanDuel at four points in favor of L.A., the over-under 48 in a hook. You have already got an early bet in for the Super Bowl. What was the number and what side did you grab it at leading in to Super Bowl Sunday in just over a week and a half? After setting out the the spread to to the entire company last Sunday, um, I then waited to see what would happen, and I I grabbed it at four and a half, and, and I'll tell you why. For what I mentioned a few minutes ago, the Rams haven't been killing teams as much as they have star power on the on the field. They can absolutely blow anybody out. They haven't. They they skated by Baltimore. They skated by Seattle. They they've skated by some other teams and you know lost the lead to the 49ers and then beat the 49ers. You know the only game that they've actually looked really impressive was against Arizona. So I took the four and a half because on the flip side, as I mentioned, the Bengals just keep covering and winning and covering and winning. And it's it's funny you mentioned that note about teams covering and winning. That's one of the sneaky good stats in the NFL playoffs going back the last five or six years is if you cover, you win. And it's happened about 90% of the time. So if you think the Bengals are going to cover, you might as well take the money line because this is a game where it's not like you're looking at one great team and one how did that team get there? And it's a 10-point spread. You're looking at only four, four and a half. It, it, it's, it, to me, it's a coin flip game. I took the four and a half because the Bengals never die. They never give up. And the Rams aren't blowing anybody out. But if you were to tell me that the Rams win 31 to 10, I wouldn't be surprised either. But I'm going to play the Bengals in this one. The trend perspective for this game just overall this year, the Rams a favorite in 17 of their 20 games now, 7 and 10 against the number. The Bengals as an underdog 11 times now, 8 and 3 ATS, 7 of those 8 covers 
outright win. So, David, obviously, by the time we get to Super Bowl 56 in just over a week and a half, there will be so many options to bet on, whether it's player props, which are out now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, a passing yards prop, a receiving yards prop, whatever it may be, or you just want to bet, is it heads or tails, or will the first play be a pass or a run? There are so many different ways to have some money involved for Super Bowl 56 as you break down the entire process, how do you try to make it as simplified as possible? And we had a, it's great that you mentioned that. We have, we have an article that actually went out this morning on ESPN.com, a free piece, not an E-plus piece, so anybody can go read it. Tyler Fulgham, one of our daily wager talent, looked at it and said, hey, you may be new to this. You may be living in New York. You may be in Connecticut. You may be in a state that you couldn't legally bet the Super Bowl before. Well, well, now you can. And you can bet, like you said, the coin toss, you know, any of the props, Super Bowl MVP. But you also don't have to make sports bet book bets you can you can obviously walk into one or use your mobile device but you can also do square pools and you can do prop contests and just shameless plug we're going to have a prop bingo card out next week on espn.com that you can print out with all the props and go ahead and play bingo at your super bowl party so there's so much you can do with this game with the national anthem the halftime show all the commercials the entertainment and it's it's new to a lot of people because of how many states have, have now come on to allow you to legally bet and to be honest, I haven't dove into the props yet because we're just getting started, but there's going to be over 2,000 ways to bet this game at most of the sports books, and it's exciting. It's overwhelming at times, but just go in there, think about what the game flow is going to be, think about what you think the Rams are going to do, what you think the Bengals are going to do, and then try to find some lines that fit your narrative because, to be honest, Ben, you know the, the sports book directors and, and the odds makers do a wonderful job. That's why they make money. But there's 2,000 ways to bet the game. They can't be right on every single one. So go find the narrative that fits your game. And two years ago, I said that the Chiefs would win between 10 and 13. They would win 31 to 20, and that's exactly what happened. So every once in a while, you pull one out and you win one. So find the bet that fits your narrative right there. And that's how you have to correlate and handicap the prop market to how you expect the game to go. You can do that through the spread and the total, just looking at the numbers themselves, or, hey, the Bengals are going to win this game if they can out-air attack the Los Angeles Rams. Maybe you look at Joe Burrow. Maybe you look at Jamar Chase. So, David, you have not done that yet. When do you start to dive in to your prop handicapping for Super Bowl 56? Well, most of the props usually in years past before this went bananas don't come out until Thursday or Friday. So my process has been during the down weekend where they play that Pro Bowl that no one pays attention to is when I dive in and start figuring out what I want for the props. Not really expected to be out on Monday, 12 days ahead of time. So I'll probably start Thursday or Friday this week to try to figure out what I like and what I don't like. I love it, David. I love it. There are some good numbers to get ahead of one that I have already targeted. Joe Mixon, over 25 and a half receiving yards, over in every playoff game, over in the final five for the Cincinnati Bengals right as well. David Bierman. Oh, there you go. Thank you. See, that's how we do it. We try to help out the people that we care about. David Bierman from ESPN.com, breaking it down across the entire NFL landscape. The Tom Brady retirement news, championship Sunday, and an early look at Super Bowl 56 as well. David, as always, thank you very much for your time on this Tuesday here on The Morning After. Thanks for having me, and maybe we'll get a Dolphins head coach one day. Maybe so. Maybe that could be a betting market we dive into at another time. Thank you so much, David. More of the morning after to round out our number two up next on the other side of the break here on Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out a wild hour number two of the morning after right here on SportsGrid. On Tuesday, February 1st, 2022, and on Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Plenty to get to in hour number three ahead. Of course, the Tom Brady retirement news officially in the NFL this morning. Reaction all across the board. We have some great guest perspective in our number three as well across the sports landscape. But to round out our number two, Super Bowl 56 player props are already out on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Bright and early for you in the lead-in to the Super Bowl. We look at the receivers for Super Bowl 56 right now in buy or sell. So there are some pretty drastic numbers up for the receiving yards props on the FanDuel Sportsbook. One that stands out and certainly catches the eye is at the top of the board, the man we call Cooper, Cooper Cup of the LA Rams. His receiving yards prop is 104 and a half. So the question in buy or sell is, are we buying or selling that Cooper can actually get there? Or maybe more so, are we buying or selling the FanDuel Sportsbook can make the number on Cooper high enough? I'm not sure they can. In fact, I would sell that idea and still at 104.5 probably buy Cooper Cup's receiving yards prop. Here's why. He's gone over in the last two playoff games for the LA Rams. 183 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 142 a couple of days back on Championship Sunday against the Niners. Also over in 11 of the 17 regular season games. It's 104.5. It's not even get to 100. It's 104 and a half, and he has gone over in 11 of 17 games in the regular season. Who's to say that on the biggest stage that doesn't happen again? And he's also had double-digit targets in all but four of LA's game. 16 of 20 for the Rams this year. Cooper Cup has been targeted double-digit times. Plenty of props to break down over the next two weeks right here on the morning after. Hour number three is up next. <laughs> 